I will listen to what the Lord is saying, for he is speaking peace to his faithful people. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning to everyone. Good morning. It's good to see you all here. And um, just to give you a, a warm welcome. Now, uh, today's sermon comes under the title, the precious, the precious Lord Who Takes My Hand. Precious Lord Who Takes My Hand. Of course, now this is, this is a, a riff off of uh, the old gospel tune, Precious Lord Take My Hand that we will be singing today during communion. It's in this hymnal here, hymn number 800. Um, and we are going to sing that song, and I know you all are going to give it a gospel twist and, and bend a note here and there. <laughs> so we don't just, just sing it straight. This is a, a, a tune that goes to the very heart and soul of the African-American gospel experience. It's written by a gentleman by the name of Thomas A. Dorsey known as the father of gospel, 90 years ago wrote this song and came out of the depths of his, uh, of his sorrow, of having lost uh, his, his wife who had died in childbirth and the child that she bore died two days later. And uh, Dorsey just was struggling with, with what to do and, and what to say and, and how to um, express not only his sorrow, but his understanding of, of, of God's and Jesus' presence with him at that time. And the words came to him, Precious Lord, take my hand. So that is our gospel tune for today. And we will be exploring that and the idea of the relationship. There's so many um, wonderful things in, in today's scripture passages. We have the story of Elijah there, on the run, which is a great story, and I would uh, invite you all to pick up the, the, uh, the Bible and go back a chapter or so in, in that story, and you can get a whole sense of what's going on there with Elijah and him being on the run. He's, if, you, if you know the story, you know that he has just come off a very big event. He has called down fire and it annihilated all of the, um, shall we say, apostate priests Who's, uh, who follow the, the god Baal. And um, Ahab is, is the king at this point. Jezebel, his wife, is the queen. And, and Jezebel is an unhappy camper, having heard what Elijah has done. Basically says to Elijah, if you are not dead by tomorrow, may the same thing happen to me. So the great prophet who has called down fire and had a great victory is now on the run, desperate to save his life. And of course, he has that great question that comes to him, a question that all of us can appreciate. What are you doing here, Elijah? It's a question, like I say, all of us can appreciate. We can ask him right now, what are you doing here? In St. Anne's on a Sunday morning, what are you doing here? It's a great story. Great story that I invite you all to pursue. And of course now we have the, the gospel story. The gospel story with Peter and his brief walk on the water. Now this is a well-known story. Right? We, we all know this story and we all know the, uh, the, um, the lines that go with it, right? That, that Peter comes out on the water and, and if, if Peter, you know, he has all this faith he has strong faith, but he just takes his eyes off Christ in the moment, and then he sinks. 
and has to have Jesus save him. Well known, right? Keep your eyes on Christ. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on the cross, whatever the storm might be. But we know, I know, I speak for myself, I know that in the time of trial, in the time of crisis, in the time of the storm, it is hard to keep your eyes on Christ. It is very easy to be overwhelmed by the circumstances that are happening to you. Not too long ago, I had my own experience of a life storm that was frightening in its power, in its, let's almost say devastating power, that it brought me to my knees. Right there, Dick Libby's kneeler. I didn't start singing, Precious Lord, but I may as well have where I was like the disciples in their boat, battered by the raging sea, making no headway against the winds of life and far, far from shore, from any sense of consolation. Sure, sure, my, my, my faith is strong, but I was facing a force five hurricane and Peter's prayer was on my lips. Lord, save me. I was like the psalmist crying out in Psalm 69. If you, if you know that psalm, it says, Save me, O God, for the waters have risen up to my neck. I am sinking in deep mire, and there is no firm ground under my feet. This is the time that I was in. This is the kind of experience that old Thomas Dorsey had when he wrote these words, Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on and let me stand. I am weak, I am tired, I am worn. And I add the words, I am scared. And here is where relationship comes into play. This is partly about the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ in our lives and in our prayers. We pray believing that Jesus will answer. Peter cries out, Lord, save me, believing that Jesus will respond. We don't think that, well, Jesus will sort of shrug his shoulders, sort of like uh, Richard III in, in Shakespeare's play, where you know that scene where the consorts come to, to, to Richard and they're, they're asking for uh, the, the consummation of the deals that they have made beforehand, and, 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 and Richard is just sort of saying, you know what, Father, I hear you, but I am not in a giving mood today. No, we believe that Jesus will answer. The gospel tells us that he will come and he came to the disciples, that he walked on the water and through the terrifying storm, just like he came to me and I would say just as he has come to some of you, maybe all of you in this church today. And yet the question comes up, who is he, this precious Lord who takes our hands? Matthew calls him Emmanuel. God with us. You go back to the beginning of Matthew's gospel. Who was this child? Who was this child to be named? We would call him Emmanuel, God with us. 
And can we say that with the psalmist was probably thinking that in him, mercy and truth have met together. That in him, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. The gospel tells us mercy. Isn't that what blind Bartimaeus by the roadside there coming in Jericho as Jesus is walking out? What does he cry out? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Mercy. Truth, does Jesus say as he describes himself in John's gospel. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Mercy and truth have met together in him. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Yes, this has happened and more. One of my favorite teachers says that Jesus is not my savior because in my piety I confer upon him this honorific title. Now he is my savior because he has in fact saved me. He has laboriously earned the title of savior because of his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and the coming of his spirit upon all of us. That is who he is. That is why he's a savior. Not because of something else, but because it actually has happened. For he went to the cross for me and for you. His spirit abides with us and enlivens us so that when we fall on our knees and when we cry out, Lord, save me, Precious Lord, take my hand, for the waters have risen up to my neck and I am sinking. We know that in our distress and confusion and our sorrow and our pain, Jesus will come to us. And when he comes, we should listen. And what does he say? Take heart. Do not be afraid. Yes, he speaks and he comes to us. Sometimes it's that calming spiritual presence that takes away our anxieties. But also sometimes embodied in a friend, in a loved one, in a prayer companion. And this, it is amazing how God works, right? It's amazing how God works. Yes, we can do our prayers and, and, and lift up our voices and, and be on our knees and, and maybe there's a presence, but maybe there was someone who out of the blue calls us, says, I was thinking about you. Or I know someone who can help you with this. It's as if that person is the embodied Christ made real, the flesh, the word made flesh, made real, saying, Take heart, do not be afraid. As I said, I was on my knees and the Savior rescued me. And in the end, when the storm had passed, another gospel song, the storm is passing over. <laughs> but when the storm had passed, what was there to do? Nothing else but to go right back to Dick Livy's kneeler, get on my knees and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, for you are a precious Lord 
who takes my hand and who helps me stand, who brings me peace, for truly you are the Son of God. And I say this to you, brothers and sisters, because sometimes, you know, it, it, it's good to, 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 to preach the word, but every now and then, you need to witness to the word. You need to witness to what it is that God and Christ is doing in your life or has done in your life. It's like that other call that says, can I get a witness? Can I get someone who stands up and says, yes, I can tell you what the Lord has done for me. Save me. And that is part of the good news of the gospel. That God saves us comforts us. And I hear this story and I go through it, you know, it puts me in the mind, I think of what, what has happened, that, uh, um, that great story there in, in, in Joshua where they've, they've come across the, the River Jordan and there's decisions going about, well, what are we going to do now? We've come across and we've made this journey. And, and he says, Joshua says to the people, I don't know about you. I don't know what you're going to do. I can't speak for you. But I can say this. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The Lord who came undeterred by the raging storm. As the old song says, I am weak, but thou art strong. And you are always with me. This is what the good news is. This is what the gospel is talking about. This is what St. Paul is trying to get at when he quotes from Moses. He wants to remind us of Christ's abiding presence. He says, there's no need to go running hither and yon looking for Christ. Stop. Get on your knees if necessary and pray and know that what the scripture says is true. The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. The word that is mercy and truth. The word that is righteousness and peace. The word that is love and companion and compassion, the word that is there in good times and in bad, right? In good times and in bad, in life and in death. For what is it that we say at the, the burial office? Even at the grave, I will make my song. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Even at the grave, I'm reminded of a one of our parishioners who, who died a, a while back, he was there on his death, deathbed during my, uh, my visit with him. And he said, is Christ with me? Does he know that I am here? Does he know that I am dying? Does he know this? Can I depend on this? Can I trust in this? I said, yes. Yes, brother. How do I know? Scripture tells me. There in Hebrews, where it says, we do not have a Lord and a Savior 
who has not suffered as we have. But we have a Savior who has gone through everything that we would go through, who has endured everything, who knows of everything, and who is with us. So yes, my brother, Christ is here in this deathbed. Christ is here in your Gethsemane as you go on your way. So call on him and know that he is near. But even more important than just calling on him, brothers and sisters, is to make sure that you share this truth with those around you. Because I know, and I'm sure you can all agree with me, that the world is in desperate need of this good news. The world is in desperate need of these good works and of your good hearts. For every good gesture that we make, every backpack that we fill, every latrine that gets built in Guatemala, every prayer that we say brings Christ a little more into the world so that somewhere in some heart the cry of distress can become a song of praise. And the hearts that find themselves in the midst of the raging storm can know that through that storm, that no matter what it is that is blowing at you, no matter what it is that is tearing at you, or your family, or your friends, or in your heart, that through that, our Lord and Savior comes. And he says, take heart, take heart, be of good courage, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, for lo, I am with you to the end of the days. Song says, precious Lord, take my hand. My hand goes out knowing that he precious Lord, will take my hand and make me stand so that I and you can preach his word to the end of the age. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.